Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. You know, it's just a lot of fun when we play that way. And as long as we continue to get back to it, you know, I think we'll be in good shape. But, um, you know, we just, like I said, it's, it's one game. You know, we played very well, but it's one game we got to be able to do on a more consistent basis. There's Donovan Mitchell talking about the win over Minnesota. Golden State's coming up. There's a whole month coming up with no back-to-backs and teams with losing records. Chance to get her on a roll tonight. The Warriors are here, and PK, this game's not slated for national TV anymore, so... If you're coming down here, make sure you show up at 7 o'clock because the Warriors blow and ESPN doesn't want to televise it anymore. Name me five guys on the Warriors. Can't do it. (laughs) Can't do it. Don't want to do it. (laughs) Whatever five I learn, they're not going to be there next year. Really? I'm going to have 12 new guys next year? 11 new guys. Okay, the five I learned wouldn't be there. I'd learn the wrong five. You're right, there probably will be five guys there, but which five? The starting five. Um, can't even, not even sure I guarantee that. Alec Burks, former jazz man, is a Golden State Warrior. So there's correct. that. You are correct, yeah. yeah. So you got him. You can cheat and look. Yes. And now I am. Oh, I should have remembered Glenn Robinson the third. What am I thinking? Mm, Draymond Green, but he doesn't play. Does he count if I name one of the five? He's been sitting big stretches of the season. Yeah, Draymond Green, certainly. I think you could name D'Angelo Russell, but we they when they required him, yeah, but they made it sound like he was going to be flipped at some point. Yeah. And Looney. I should have remembered Looney. Ed Looney? No, not Ed. <laughs> Didn't you say Looney? Oh, you I said should have re- and Looney. Uh, yes, I should. I thought you and, said Ed Looney. No, 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 and Looney. I should have remembered him. You see, Los Angeles. Yeah, but he's it's barely cool. playing. He's only played like six games over right. twenty-five games. But he would have counted towards the five if I were really motivated to figure that out. The Jazz ought to get the win tonight. The Warriors just lost to the Knicks. Let that sink in. They lost to the Knicks, sitting dead last in the West. They're five and twenty-one, and everyone will give them a pass, and they're content to get ping-pong balls and get a lottery pick, and theoretically, add an elite young player to a talented core that should be healthier next year. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Connected with Tobias over to Joel. He shoots a three. It's in the air. It's gone. And Bede knocked out a three. And oh yeah, he waves his fist. He's having fun in Boston. Embiid, 38 points, 13 rebounds. How do you wave a fist? Pump a fist, I think, would have been probably the better expression. I was just waving a fist in the studio if that helped any of you. That's a little awkward. But Joel's a heck of a player. That's a massive game. Joel? 38 points, 13 boards, 6 assists. He blocked a shot. He handles the ball a lot. He only turned over a couple times. Blocked it right at the end there, right at the rim, yeah. And they beat the Boston Celtics. Yeah, the key for them, that, yes, and that's Boston's first home loss. They had started 10-0, and 0, so that's, that's a good win. Uh, the key for them, ultimately, they're going to be judged by, are they going to be able to beat the Bucks? But along the way, you do have these games, and you want to get them, and they but do. But not the Lakers? Well, they're going to have to beat the Bucks to get to the Lakers or the Clippers. 
So once they beat the ju- if they beat the Bucks, there'll be no more judgment. <laughs> they'll probably be judgment, but I bet it'll feel like a successful. You season said ultimately they the they're going to be judged by whether yes. they can beat the Bucks. Yes. So then there's no more judgment if they beat the Bucks. That's the big one for them to prove they improved and they got better and they passed the team that knocked them out last year and they got to the NBA Finals. And I am assuming if they beat the Bucks, they get to the Toronto NBA Finals. Knocked them out last year. You're right, Kawhi Leonard is shot on the rim. But the Bucks are now the best because Kawhi left. Don't bother me with your details. I'm over here naming five Warriors. You name me five Rainbow Warriors that the Cougars will play. <laughs> you can't do that either. Uh, it was a light night in the NBA. That was really the best game. The contenders in the West, uh, they won as you expected. The Mavericks beat the Pistons. Luka Doncic, no big deal. Another triple-double with 41 points. He is just blowing the doors off the place. This is spectacular. 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, the Denver Nuggets beat the Portland Trailblazers, as you might expect they would, 114-99. to 99. The Spurs, are the Spurs going to get the Warriors treatments from the networks? Do they just want to wipe all the Spurs games off TV? The Spurs Hope are- so. Six games under 500 and 11th in the West. and The less I see of Popovich, the better. Not, I mean, they're not that far out of the playoff, but I guess, I you know, two games know back. what him and Kerr think about this impeachment thing. How can I live my life without them informing me how I should think? You already know what they think. But I want to know more. <laughs> would you like to know more? You would. Uh, the G League is going to put a team in Mexico. It seems like the first step. Baseball seems to be toying with the idea. They've played games in Monterey. Have they played in Mexico City, too? I want to say they have. Baseball? Baseball. I know they played in Monterey. I don't know. Yeah. And the NBA's obviously played games in Mexico City. That Dallas game was in Mexico City last night, and they used that as an occasion to say, hey, we're bringing a G League team here, trying to figure out if they want to put an NBA team there one day and see if they can. Make more money. Yeah, I think the Suns are there playing this weekend, aren't they? And David Stern uh, in the hospital now. Uh, brain, it wasn't an aneurysm. It was a uh, hemorrhage. He- hemorrhage, yes. I don't know what that means, but that's what they said. Yeah. Sounded serious and no update on his uh, status, but that was the news that was breaking yesterday. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. We uh, lost our two safeties, first and second team free safety, you know, almost you know within minutes of each other, and that was Julian Blackman and R.J. Hubert to, to season-ending injuries. Although you know there's only one game left now, but fairly serious injuries. Uh, beyond that, everyone seems to be in pretty good health. Kyle Whittingham has that policy. I'll tell you if it's a season-ending injury, but otherwise, I don't want to talk about it. But we are at the point now where it's one game, so anybody who's out is a season-ending injury. Well, they had pretty good health this season. And the thing that sucks the most is that uh, Blackman is a senior preparing himself for the NFL. And to to what extent is this going to set him back? I don't know that for sure. It remains to be seen. But obviously we saw the injury a week ago tonight. And Kyle addressed it to my question in the postgame. And then in his San Antonio thing yesterday, he talked about it. So it really has little to do with this game for Julian. It's about him getting himself ready to go earn some money at the professional level. And he's always been a great interview and made himself available. So the media certainly likes him and he's a local kid. And hopefully it's not something that is really going to be a major setback here because now it's now it's on. You know, he's got his education and that's very, very important. There's an opportunity to make some serious money here that uh, you hope that he gets that opportunity because he's worked himself and put himself in this position to earn it and to have that injury 
you know, it, it sucked for the competitive nature of the game, but it's bigger than that in this case for a senior who's trying to make it professionally and has that ability to do so. 11th rank Utah set to play Texas. We played that uh, press conference there. That sound came from the, uh, the press availability there, and they're going to meet with the media here, and we'll hear from all the Utes on Saturday, and we'll have it for you on Talking Sports this weekend and right here Monday morning. PK and I will be up there Saturday as the Utes meet with the media in preparation for this game with Texas, where Kyle has said that he expects the seniors to play, that so far nobody's told him that they, uh, they want to sit this out. I guess that's part of having a tight group because seeing what happened with Julian Blackman, it has to occur to all these guys. I mean, they know what happened with bowl games last year and two years ago. Yeah. But they seem to all be set on playing. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So the year-end awards come out, PK, and it turns out LSU did really well. They got the best assistant, Joe Brady, edging out uh, Morgan Scally to win that. Ed Orgeron is the coach of the year. Jamar Chase won the Blitnikoff Award for being the outstanding receiver. The Jim Thorpe Award goes the best defensive back, and they just cleaned up. Joe Burrow is the... Maxwell Player of the Year, the Walter Camp Player of the Year, and the Davey O'Brien Player of the Year for Best Quarterback. Just winning awards all over the place. Think they're going to beat Ohio State and win the big trophy? Well, I don't know that Ohio State's going to beat Clemson. But I would favor LSU slightly by now, or for now. Well, LSU getting singled out for uh, an unbeaten regular season and SEC title as they clean up on a ton of awards. Well, yeah, I think it's harder to go undefeated in their conference than it is in the Big Ten. And in the Big Sky, Ed McCaffrey, former NFL receiver, dad of Christian McCaffrey, is a head coach at Northern Colorado. He's been coaching high school football for a couple of years. Well, they live make over the there. jump, right? That's... The kids have all gone to high school at that school in Colorado. Yeah, that's their home. It's a little south. Now I have to move a little north. And then, of course, the big Big Sky matchup tonight. Montana, Weber State, 8 o'clock, ESPN2, winner to the semis. This is where uh, Weber State's been beaten the last couple of years yes. in the quarterfinal round. So it would be big for them to break through that and get to the semis. It would be big for the Wildcats to beat Montana because that's the only team that beat them in the in Big Sky play this year. And Montana really got them pretty good or routed them. And they've done this before. They had a rematch after they lost to SUU a couple of years ago in the regular season. They beat them in the playoff game, so. We'll see if uh, the Wildcats can get it done tonight. 8 o'clock in Ogden. DJ and PK. The NFL. Jackson takes the snap, fakes the handoff, runs to the right, tucks inside the 10, and he's hit hard at the 6-yard line. And he'll be stopped there, but the pickup is enough to give Lamar Jackson the single-season rushing record for a quarterback in NFL history. He breaks Michael Vick's record. He's over 1,000 yards. He also threw five touchdown passes. He's got 33 on the year. Lamar Jackson's having a great year. And they, they run him a lot, PK. And uh, I don't know if it's just being old school or what. You know, the first couple times he ran in that game, he got out of bounds. And he didn't take a big hit. And you're thinking, man, that is smart. That is the way to go. And then he's down in the red zone. And he just gets crushed at the six. And he popped right up, so he's fine. But they're having a great season. He's having a great season. You know, there are Hall of Fame quarterbacks who only get one or two chances to win a Super Bowl. This could be Lamar Jackson's big chance, and you'd hate to see it get wrecked with him getting hit at the six-yard line when he 
didn't really have to take that hit. So you, watched, you watched the game and saw him get tackled? I did not, actually. I saw it in the highlights. It was not. I watched some of the game, but I wasn't watching when that happened. But he Football, got popped. man. Julian Blackman blew out his knee, and no one was near and him. No one was near him. I know. He was the only one in the wide shot up there on that shot. But still, it seems an unnecessary chance to take that hit. And then he cut up the Jets, 42-21, and the Jets scored twice late to make it even that close. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That is what is trending. There are your headlines. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, we're talking youth football with Kyle Gunther. He's coming up at 7.30. Mark Harlan, Utah Athletic Director at 8.30. And we're talking Utah Jazz with David Locke at 8 o'clock. And Joe Ingles slated to join us at 9. Right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Follow DJ and PK on Twitter where the show never ends. At David DJ James and PK Kinahan. You're locked on to DJ and PK. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to talk a little Utah football now with Kyle Gunther. Former Utah offensive lineman, he joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get an iPhone 11 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease and eligible trade-in now through December 5. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Kyle, good morning. David, uh, Patrick, how are you gentlemen? We're good. I've talked to several Utes this week, and they have said there is uh, a lingering gray cloud following them around every time they think about sports because the Utah football loss to Oregon. How long do you take you to over it? Are you over it? What are you thinking now that you're a little removed from that game? Well, it's, it was an embarrassing game for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, you, know, you, you couldn't even get your offense going at any point because you had to adjust so many times for a true freshman pass rusher. And uh, the, the talent level is clearly there with Oregon. They've got maybe the best left tackle in the country. Maybe they got the best freshman D-end in the country, but that's what recruiting is. You know, all these sites that try to, you know, peg Lecky Foto as a two or a three star recruit, that's not how you build your program. The youths, oddly enough, have found success with guys like Francis Bernard and Lecky Foto, as we mentioned. These guys were not all that highly recruited, but Oregon's getting the five star guy. Panay Sewell could have gone anywhere. He started as a freshman. Uh, this defensive end for uh, Kayvon Thibodeau for Oregon, I mean, he could have gone anywhere he wanted. He showed up and he played right away. But Utah's offense could never get going because they couldn't overcome the pass rush. It's disappointing if you're a Utah fan because you beat Oregon last year with your backup quarterback. And this year you were supposed to be healthy and you couldn't do it. Uh, It's also disappointing because this is the best Utah team that they've ever had since being in the Pac-12. And it's hard to say they fell short of expectations. You won the division back-to-back years, but – that Oregon game was one that you needed to fulfill the legacy of this senior class. And for them, I guarantee it, they're, they are always going to remember coming up a little bit short there their senior year. So there is kind of a dark cloud on what was an amazing year for the Utes. I mean, overall, they got a bunch of first-team all-conference guys. They're going to send a bunch of guys to the NFL. Kyle Whittingham and, and the crew, they've worked out for 
4,000 straight days. Uh, th- this is not an awful season by any stretch, but the youth have certainly fallen short of expectation. So we thought coming into the season, as we looked at the defense, it was strong at all three levels. And obviously at running back, they were strong and, and receivers should be okay and all that stuff. But we thought there would be a little bit of a weak link was the offensive line, or certainly a little bit more of the unknown would be at the offensive line. And they accorded themselves well in the regular season. Do you think it was just a matter of something catching up to them as far as talent from the Oregon perspective and that the justification we had over the offensive line proved to be true in the end when they met their match? Well, I I think the questions were legit before the season because you had Nick Ford playing three different positions, which tells you the youths had some needs elsewhere. Now, when you're rotating guards, that's one thing. But when you're switching guards between tackle and guard, you know you're in a bad situation. Nobody cares about the right tackle until you realize that they've given up four sacks in a game. And before the season, we talked about Bam Olaseni. He was a big talking point this year because you need five guys who can get it done. And, and Simi Mawala was not a highly recruited offensive lineman. In fact, I believe he's new to the position. And so, yeah, no fan cares about the right tackle until all of a sudden you've seen them make some mistakes. And, and that's where the youths could have used more depth at tackle. Uh, but, yeah, the youths' offensive line was maybe the lone weak point to this entire team. And, I mean, the receiving core has basically never been good at Utah. I mean, you tell me the last great receiving core. And don't tell me 2008, because that crew was kind of a ragtag bunch as well. There was six or seven of them. I guess the youths had a premier receiver with Drez Anderson, but they won five games that year. So – I'll tell you, when the offensive line started to break down early on against Oregon, the Utes adjusted. Andy Ludwig said, let's keep our tight ends and our backs into pass block. We'll go max protect, and we'll let two receivers run out there and get open, and the Utes receivers couldn't get open as well. So, you know, it's not like the entire season was a failure. It's hard to win 11 games and act like your season was all for naught, but that's the way it feels right now when you're falling short of the Rose Bowl or the New Year's Six. So it sounds harsh on a team that's going to send, I don't know, we'll have to see if it's going to be seven, eight, nine, ten guys in the NFL, whatever it turns out to be, to say they didn't have enough talent. But in the two games they lost, USC had the best receivers. Oregon had the best linemen and won the line of scrimmage on both sides. So is it fair to say what this team needs is more talent? Or do you feel like the team wasn't motivated and focused for a big game? It sounds like you're going to go towards the talent angle, but I want to make sure. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, you can always use more talent. They say you can never be too rich or too thin. And as a football team, you can never have too many five-star guys. But no, the, the youth need depth, and that's the battle that they've been fighting since they joined the conference. You need depth at every position so that when guys get banged up, you can put backups in there. But, no, this was as talented a Utah team as they've ever had. Uh, this is as good a coaching staff as the youth have ever had. It's certainly not a motivational issue. It's an issue where you, you had you had Tyler Huntley trying to make too many things happen on his own. You had Tyler Huntley trying to make too many things happen as far as look down the field for too long. He's got to plant his back foot and throw the football. He's got to get the ball out quickly. But this has been the case with Huntley for the last three years. He's got a tendency to hold on to the ball too long. He's got a tendency to, once he tries to go through after his second read, things break down for him there. And so I thought Andy Ludwig should have relied on Tyler Huntley's legs a little more, tried to roll him out a little more. But, no, this is purely a talent standpoint. You're going to continue to try to fight that battle. In fact, about 
eight or nine teams in the Pac-12 every year are trying to get more talented. Uh, Cal, Oregon State, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, these schools, Colorado, Washington State. These are schools that have, in a lot of cases, great coaching staffs that maximize their talent. But unless you're SC, Oregon, UCLA, or Washington, you're constantly on the search for that better player, that, that next guy up. So we saw that the Utes got a commitment from a grad transfer quarterback, Bentley, out of South Carolina. If you're old Cam Rising right now, what are you thinking? I'm thinking it's my job to win. Cam Rising is the best passer that Utah's had in, in some time. Uh, you know, just watching him in practice, he is fearless. We saw some of that same, that same stuff with Jack Tuttle, but you know, apparently the four-star Jack Tuttle wasn't good enough to beat out Jason Shelley who's now the, the third-string guy. So you can tell right away, when Cam Rising throws the football, he's aggressive over the middle. Tyler Huntley is not throwing the ball over the middle a ton. There, there's throws that some quarterbacks are just not going to try to risk, and rightfully so. You know, Tyler Huntley hasn't turned the ball over at all. Cam Rising's a different style player, and uh, he's going to hang in the pocket. There's not going to be any scrambling around. He's a big boy. Cam Rising's down about to, to about 220 pounds. He's been as big as maybe 240, so... He is a pocket passer, and if I'm Cam Rising, uh, I didn't show up to Utah to be a backup. I mean, four-star quarterbacks show up to play, and so uh, grad transfer quarterbacks are one thing those guys have experience, but uh, I think next year you're going to see Utah head in a direction that they haven't head in for some time because if Cam Rising wins that job, he's not a dual-threat guy, whereas the last few quarterbacks, they have been dual-threat. Travis Wilson, Tyler Huntley. Uh, Troy Williams wasn't a dual threat, and he only won nine games. So uh, I think you'll see Cam Rising step in there and, and adjust quite a bit. The ball's going to come out quicker, and you're going to see a more confident arm because he has a different style quarterback than what we've seen the last few years with Tyler Hunt. Kyle Gunther, Utah insider, former Utah offensive lineman, joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So Kyle Whittingham was uh, asked at his uh, media availability they're about uh, seniors skipping or guys who are going to the NFL draft, whether they're seniors or a junior, skipping the bowl game, and it's become a trend. But he says so far he hasn't heard from any of them. Do you expect them to sit out this game? Would you advise them to? Are you glad they're seemingly going to play one last game together? Uh, you know, in my situation, I love Utah football so much. Uh, I love the game of football so much. There was no way I would have considered that, but. If I had an NFL future, if I was a guy who might have a third-round pick coming up, uh, yeah, I'd get my bowl gifts and I'd get the hell out. And I'd tell him right before the game, you know, if I'm Jalen Johnson, selfishly, I might say, ah, you know what, I got that hangnail, I'm a late scratch. Sorry, dude. But, you know, it's easy to blame the millennial culture, the new modern culture, but these kids today know more than the previous generation. They have more access to information, and they're more aware that they're being taken advantage of by a corrupt NCAA system. Now, if I was able to have a car dealership hook me up with a Fadillac Escalade or whatever it was, then I'd play in the bowl game and I'd shut my mouth. We're a year or two away from that, from Mark Emmert being uh, essentially dethroned from his ability to steal from these kids. But I don't blame these youngsters because they have access to Twitter. They can get themselves out there. They can promote themselves more. So if you've got an NFL future ahead of you, maybe playing against a a seven-win Texas team in the Alamo Bowl is not for you, but... No, for me, it, it sounds completely foreign. There's no way that Steve Tate would have done that. There's no way that Joe Giannone or Brian Johnson would have turned down an opportunity to play. Robert Johnson had a smile on his face every single snap he took. There's no way 
somebody like that would have taken time off. But, you know, some of these guys have millions of dollars ahead of them. And you realize that a year from now, you're going to be doing the same thing. If you're Darren Paul, for example, your scholarship checks are the same as everybody else. I think they're doing better now. It's around 1000 a month. Not too bad. Next year, you have the same job. You're going to play left tackle, but maybe it's for the Seahawks. And your paychecks are uh, 91 grand every single week. And you realize, I'm going to do nothing different, but I'm actually going to get paid next year. And you start to think about that. And then you start to get selfish and you say, I, I should protect me. I should protect myself. But Kyle Whittingham also, did you, you know, he doesn't lie. So if, if he was going to come out and say, no, no one will sit out in the bowl game, that'd be different. But he said, as of right now, to my knowledge, no one's going to do that because Whittingham's smart. He can't come out and hammer somebody like, I don't know, Jalen Johnson, for example. If he decides to sit out, Whittingham's not going to help himself by verbally chastising him. So Whittingham was very careful to leave that door open. Uh, but, yeah, if there's a couple of late scratches, uh, I am not of the mindset to, to blame the young person. Oh, back in my day. Well, yeah, back in your day, gas was a gallon. Uh, you could pay a dollar for a gallon of gas. Back in your day, cigarettes were two bucks a pack. You know, things have changed, and these young guys are aware that you know, players in the SEC are getting paid. These guys are getting paid under the table. They're signing with agents, and that's the thing is the agents don't pay you. They loan you money. And so the moment you stop playing, you sign with that agent, he confronts you $100,000. Sometimes mom and dad need money. Sometimes you need money. So that's why a lot of these players will do that is so they can get fronted money that is essentially owed to them by their agent. As a player, does a 7-5 and five Texas team in the Alamo Bowl get you excited? Again, I love the game of football. I could not live without the violence of football. We played Tulsa one year in the Armed Forces Bowl. I was all jacked up because you get to hang out in a new city. You get to hang out with your friends. I got a tattoo during that bowl game that I regret. Uh, you get bowl <laughs> gifts. There's a lot of fun things that happen at bowl games. But the Utes are a better team than this opponent and this bowl game, and they better play like it. But, man, if you guys have watched Texas recently, they have just changed so dramatically. Uh, Ellinger is a, essentially a, a running quarterback. Uh, Texas defensively, they, they just play soft coverage. They play a lot of zone coverage. So this is a team that if you're, if you're you know, my age, if you're you know, over the age of maybe 30, Texas was the powerhouse. Vince Young, Texas was the team that they chose which – all-state players they wanted in Texas as sophomores. They didn't recruit juniors. They recruited the all-state sophomores from Texas, and they just got whoever they wanted. So growing up, Texas was a team that I didn't think they would even make a call out to recruit in our neck of the woods. So as a player, you've got to recognize the brand, and you've got to want to put a hurting on a program that is absolutely on the Mount Rushmore of college football. So why'd you lose your mind in Fort Worth, of all places? No, it was just well every bowl game we did that. It was the tradition. You got to visit a gentleman's club and you got to experience some of the the good natured people out there. Uh, I saw a toothless gal when we were in Tempe. Hey, 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 hey. Well, no, I mean she was toothless <laughs> and uh, she was removing articles of clothing for no reason and the sidewalk. That was, was nice. But yeah, in Fort Worth, a bunch of us got uh, a bunch of weird uh, tattoos that didn't make any sense. So yeah, there's just things that you have to do to to take advantage of of a system that you realize is, you know, they're paying you a couple hundred bucks a month to play a game that you're making millions of dollars for the school for. So when you go to a bowl game, yeah, have some fun. See the, uh, the local nightlife there. But then 
when you get a few days out, you focus on the game and you get back to the task at hand. But uh, I always enjoy bowl games. I went to five. We won all five of them. And some of those experiences are some that, that you'll never forget. So what does Kyle say to get everybody revved up for a bowl game? What other teams stagger through it a little bit and don't really – and I think he's 11-2 and two now. Yeah, I mean, what, what you do is you establish a tone in practice. And that is we're going to lighten the – we're going to lighten the we're going to lighten the workload a little bit, but we're not going to change what we do, which is we're a physical team. You're still going to hit the weight room, whereas a lot of programs to give you time off, the coaches will go recruit, and then the players start to get this lackadaisical attitude that they're going to just show up there and, and play the football game. Uh, the youths will also scrimmage a lot with the young guys, and so you kind of beat up on them. But also, Kyle Whittingham has curfews in place. We played teams that did not have curfews, and they'd be laughing at us when we're going home at 11 or midnight. Or, you know, it's not unreasonable. But some of these young men, when you're 19, you'll stay out till 3 or 4 in the morning, and that'll affect your play two and three days out. Kyle Whittingham's big on talking to you about rest and helping you understand that 48 hours out, you need to get your sleep. The, the, the energy you have on Saturday is allowed by the sleep you get on Thursday night. And so Kyle Whittingham's not afraid to put a curfew in there, and he's not afraid to keep the work week the same. Now, maybe you get a week. Like, maybe this week is a little bit light for the youth. Next week, you're ramping it up. Next week, it's full bore. Uh, and, and that's how you establish that tone. But, no, it's not about a pregame speech because bowl games are weird. You're in a new location. A lot of times, they're, they're not properly attended. You've been getting wined and dined. And uh, I remember they took us on the poinsettia bowl. They took us on a Navy ship, and you got to meet a bunch of servicemen and women. And it puts it into perspective how small the game of football is, even though it's, it's everything to you as a player. Uh, and so you have time to kind of look at football as a microcosm. You have time to watch other bowl games and, and re-fall back in love with football after the, the mental grind of beating people up for 12 weeks. Kyle, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us uh, today and all season long. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a good day. Kyle Gunther here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More with Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan coming up at 8.30, so stay tuned for that. I think the Utes are sufficient motivation the way that game ended. Well, the way it started, for that matter, too. I mean, just obviously the way the game went. Yeah, but the feeling they had walking off the field. It was awful. Yeah. I caught... Mark Harlan's eye, and, you know, obviously he looked at me, and he wasn't smiling. <laughs> you know, it could, was, it could have right? been an opportunity to have uh, the, the best moments that any of them have ever had athletically, and it didn't turn out. It's one thing to lose. I mean, they, but they really got uh, whatever phrase you want. whatever Manhandled you want. at yeah. the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and whatever you want to use is, is probably uh, uh, accurate in this case. So I, I actually think that this will give them – Motivation, because if they were to lose that game, the the fine bombs of the world would just throw out a big old fat "I told you so." You know, and it's not like you're going to get a ton of "Wow, they really are good" by beating a seven and five Texas team. But if you lose to them, you'll get to see. Yeah, and if you beat them, then it'll be recorded forever and ever that this team went eleven and two, or uh, twelve and two. Twelve and two, and th- and that. That's a lot of wins. Good, that's a good that's record, right. man. Anytime you see a 12-win season. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really a great record. And you're not going to remember that the best you beat was a 7-5. and five. Because it, 
you can't control who they set you up with in the bowl game. I mean, that, you got no say over that. So you, all, you, all you can do is just go beat that team. But if they lose, man, you're going to be a whole bunch of I told you so's. And from at least from the negative, which is the way I live my life in terms of motivation. Fact. And so that, By the way, he's not kidding here. I mean, a lot of times he's pulling your leg, but seriously. That, that should be enough to drive you. To to, and if, whoever decides to play and not play, that's their call. So be it. Uh, but the rest of them, you should be fired up to just make sure you're not going to be able to hear "I told you so," because that's going to be out there. You, you, they might be the uh, lowest ranked 11 win team if they lose that game. <laughs> that that I didn't know that was a thing, but you're right. Yeah. <laughs> the lowest ranked. You're the lowest ranked 11 win team. Right. I wouldn't think they'd fall out of the ranking completely, but losing your last two ball games would not sit well with folks who do that stuff. So you don't want that. So I, I think there'll be the negative motivation is, is going to be strong. Got a question up on our Facebook page, and Kyle just referenced in there, and you giggled because you loved it, and you put it up on Facebook as soon as you heard it. Kyle Whittingham says he has not missed a workout in 4,000 days, give or take. What's an impressive thing you've done? And right away I went to it, I was thinking, have we done 4,000 shows, PK? That's a big number, 4,000. Now we do shows five days a week. Kyle works out more than five days a week. Yeah. We're sitting at about 4,500 shows, and we haven't made them all. We've obviously taken vacation. One of us has been here or the other or whatever. 4,000 is a massive number. What have you done? Rick <laughs> says 7,300 days without missing work. Wow, that's great. Only reason he missed is he had a heart attack that required a six-bypass <laughs> heart surgery. Get out of town. He's made it up. Come on. That my leg right now. The right one's a little longer than the left one because you're pulling, <laughs> pulling it. it. <laughs> I don't buy that. Come on. Uh, Josh says I haven't missed a single meal in easily more than four thousand days. That partaking of that intermittent or monthly fat uh, fasting that you people do. Apparently, Josh isn't in on that. <laughs> or maybe that's part of the schedule, so he hasn't missed the meal. We got a thing in the mail this school year from the Brighton High Bengals, that our 14-year-old hasn't missed a day. It's now up on the refrigerator in the kitchen. Nice. Yeah. Got to make it all the way through the school year without getting a cold or getting sick. Uh, if you can. I mean, sometimes you get it's sick. hard to do, I know, right? <laughs> uh, when they had the, the Christmas concert the other night. Man, those, those teachers... My hat is really off to them. This this young gal named Mortensen, and they had a big Christmas spiel, and they had the jazz band, and the boys' choir, and the girls' choir, and a combined choir, and the symphonic band, and all this stuff. And she's up there directing all of it. This gal's just working her butt off, man. I got so much respect for for teachers who do put their whole everything Heart and they soul got. into yeah. it, right? Yeah, I mean they're just not paid commensurate to the amount of they work and. This gal, I saw her talk to her parent-teacher conference, and her name is Mortensen. It's just, I, I, you, I couldn't give you any more admiration. DJ and PK, we've got uh, more people weighing in on Kyle Whittingham's workout streak and what they've done. <laughs> it's impressive. And let me tell you, some of these are all over the map. 
See if any of you are actually as funny as you think you are. We'll run them by PK. We'll let him be the judge. We'll do that next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You're locked on to DJ and PK. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio show for over a decade. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. This, this is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Monday from noon to 3, my hearing center in Sandy, 8941 South, 700 East, Suite 204. All right, PK, Kyle Whittingham says he's gone 4,000 straight days without missing a workout. Is that all? (laughs) Lieutenant Governor is listening to the show. Spencer Cox just tweeted at us, I hate to brag, but I've eaten carbs for 4,000 straight days. It's getting a lot of likes on the old Twitter feed. A lot of people identifying with that. You know who else is getting a lot of likes? is Brett McCormick. I stayed a BYU fan, he says. For 4,000 straight days? Apparently. That's rough. Young in there. That's tough. The kid says, I went 17 straight days without a shower. I, I did brush my grill, though. We got a clean grill, but big deal. <laughs> Uh, Justin says, one summer in high school, I wore the same pair of Hanes underwear for months straight. I washed it by wearing it under my swimsuit and water skin like every other day in Utah Lake. It was amazing. <laughs> Alex. Alex. It's also disgusting. <laughs> I'd say one of, those, one of the more impressive things I did, you know, I didn't grow up with any means. So the idea of going on a boat and going boating, it, it never happened until I moved to Utah and some neighbors invited me. And just, you didn't have a boat? No. And just, and, and Did money. anyone in Jersey, were there lakes to go boating on? Was that oh, a thing? Sure. Yeah. Lake Apakong? I don't know. I, I just told idea. you. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know whether to take you seriously or not. Lake Apakong? Look it up. I will. Lake Persephone? Lake Persephone. Yeah. Those are all, Yeah. Absolutely. I live in a town called Lake Hiawatha. That's where I grew up. It's where I made my mark. Where chicks got to know me. All right. <laughs> so, and then moving to Phoenix, you know, there's Lake Pleasant and Saguaro and, and Powell. And they, they move here. Everybody's talking about Powell. I, and, and money money follows money. I mean, rich people don't have poor friends. It doesn't work that way. So... Poor friend, poor people can have rich friends, but it's not the other way around. <laughs> rich friends don't have poor friends. It's just no money loves money, so we didn't have any. So, you know, I certainly didn't go boating until I got here, and somebody asked me to, and to be able to. So I never grew up with water skiing or wakeboarding or any of these other things. Going to the beach, I did go. Yeah, to the Jersey Shore. Yes. Uh, did that a number of times and that's just walk out in the water but to be able to get up on skis the first time that was impressive by me i'm glad i did that when i did it and i've water skied like maybe three or four times 
but no one's asked me boating in probably the last 10 years. After they got to know me and realized, man, I don't really want to hang out with him on a boat, they haven't asked me back. Because in large quarters, I'm not exactly friendly, but get me in sh- close, small quarters, even less friendly. <laughs> the smaller the group, the meaner you get. Well, you know, we're all jammed in there, you know. Uh, Daniel says, Kyle hasn't missed a workout. So then you just wear shirts that are two sizes too small then. Oh, you're ripping Cougar him. Cougar fans going at him. But see, this is uh, a theory of you that's backed up by many f- trainers and doctors is that the workout is a small percentage. It's really, you know, what do you eat? How often do you eat? What kind of stuff do you eat when you do eat? Because it's way easier to not eat the calories than it is to work out and work them off. So if you're talking about weight or weight loss. Well, I think that's what people are saying is during the game, you know, they watch him and he's on the sideline and shirt's too small or he's got a gut or whatever. Uh, Maybe his pectoralis majors are just too big. No, that could be. And there's really nothing that can fit him. (laughs) Jose says. Because he has a massive bosom. Jose says the most impressive thing he's done is listen to PK sing for the last decade. (laughs) let's live for today don't you worry about tomorrow all right dj and pk we got to take a break when we come back we're talking jazz basketball with david Locke. how much of that win was minnesota and how much of that win was the utah jazz warriors are coming up tonight we'll talk with david Locke next mark harlan utah athletic director at 8 30 stay with us